Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our show about the things we love and hate and love to hate. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. We're here. We're here somehow. We're here and we're excited about it. Just like we are week after week. <laughs> are you um, trying to replicate the cyborg energy that Christina Elmosa brings to the table on HGTV <laughs> every week? Hi, this is our podcast. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. You shouldn't have made that choice. We have a lot of work to do <laughs> to get this episode turned around in time, but with some high-end finishes and a few late nights, I think we could do it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Guys, did we tell you we got Tarek Almusa as our third chair today? <laughs> Hi, I'm Tarek, and I'm here to turn around this podcast. <laughs> Come into my mobile office. <laughs> we're bringing in a crew of people and some high-end finishes, and we're going to make a good profit. Yeah. Comps. <laughs> <laughs> we bought this podcast sight unseen in an auction. It was a mistake. <laughs> this podcast is going to need a lot of work. <laughs> You never know what you're going to get when you buy a podcast at an auction. Other podcasts like this get a lot more listeners. <laughs> and make a lot more money on sponsorship. <laughs> I can't. I just thought of like six jokes about comps and podcasts and it overwhelms my brain. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> what what color shower tile do you think this podcast would have? It would have a black herringbone. Oh boy! <laughs> I don't know. Where, Ugh, that's I don't know some where real that came from. masculine Tarek energy right there. <laughs> that's the first thing that came to mind. It had to be right. I don't know. Sure. What kind of damaged kitchen tile that'll clash with our kitchen countertops do we have? Oh, uh, we definitely started off this podcast with, like, pink linoleum. Mm. Are we up to, like, the fake marble that I have in my kitchen now? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think if we had to be any kind of laminate, I would for sure go with the white laminate in my kitchen. Mm. Yeah. I think, like, a neutral laminate is always a safe choice. <laughs> I'm happy with mine only because when I Instagram from it, nobody can tell that it's not real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's important. <laughs> anyway, important. that's not what we came here to discuss. <laughs> yet again. No. The, the high-end finishes that we came here to discuss today were not our own, as it turned out. Right. So... Did, wait, before we get into it, did you have a quarantine corner update? I did have we have quarantine many corner? quarantine corner updates at all times. Okay. All right. <laughs> Take us there. Okay. Um, first, let me tell you what I've been watching lately. 
Which is everything. She watched all of TV. I've watched all of TV. But I got into the second season of Restaurants on the Edge, which is still, like, a slightly better bar rescue. And it's okay. But Canadian, it's from our friends, the Cottage Life Network. Ooh. So... It's decent. So it's, it's nicer than, than like, Restaurant Impossible or the other, like, iterations of that. Yeah, it's, like, it's an hour long, and it's, like, travelogue plus restaurant rescue. And it's basically, like, they go to some bougie place that has, like, a restaurant with a view. And then uh. they, but the restaurant's not making money, so then they, like... Yep have it's a three-person team and one does the menu one does the like pr and one does the like decorating yeah okay so i somehow caught and i don't know how because it's not like i've been anywhere except my house recently but i somehow caught like 10 minutes of a gordon ramsay version of this show so like gordon Hmm. ramsay's gotten into the game somehow i don't know that's same wild. idea. Same, yeah. Professional chef yells at mom and pop restaurant yep. for being bad at restaurant. Yeah. This one is like very nice because it's Canadian. Sure. And it's a lot of like, you should use local ingredients in your restaurant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's basically their whole ploy, but it's decent if you need some Where background. Where do you find that one? Netflix. Yeah. Oh, okay. They got rid of all the cottage life, but they brought that one back. Yes. That was what made me think, like, maybe there's hope that we'll get Brojacks again someday. I will never forgive the betrayal of losing Brojacks. Do you think we could, like, write the Brojacks an email and say, like, send us a DVD to this mailing address? Because... Oh my god, I bet we could find them on the internet. I think it might be worth it. I think so, too. Okay, so we're gonna do that. That's... (laughs) That'll be our next Quarantine Corner update. That's our homework. Yeah. Um, but we were looking for something to watch because we watched all, like, all the bake-offs and all the whatevers. And so we decided to start the 200-episode journey of Top Chef from the beginning. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Because we reached that point in our current times. So that show started so long ago that we're in, like, season three, and it's still um, in, like, a square ratio instead of a letterbox, like, ratio. Which is neat, but our good friend Padma Lakshmi is on there, and she's great. So, you know, we're slogging through the early 2000s. That's fucking old school, man. <laughs> it's it's so horrifying in so many ways. <laughs> I can't even begin to describe the amount of beige everywhere. Yep. Is... You know, that's something I didn't realize until... Last year, um, when I first started my job, I had to travel for work, mm-hmm. and I went into the office building, and I, like, got up to the floor that the office was on and, like, got out of the elevator, and it literally looked like a DMV from, like, 2003, mm-hmm. and that was the first time it truly occurred to me how beige the so aughts were. beige. Why did we like beige so much for so long? <laughs> I don't know. It's it not was a, a very good color. tan time. Yeah. Yeah, Not lots good. happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my main quarantine corner update. I know you have an update as well about a show we watch called Below Deck Mediterranean. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this like an hour ago, and I already forgot. It's fine. <laughs> You see, like, the look of horror? I did. That's why I kept <laughs> I was like, talking. I'm supposed to talk now. The usefulness of video chat is that I can help you. 
<laughs> occasionally. Oh my god, what a special time to be alive and be me. Oh boy. Um, so we watched Below Deck, and we're current on it, and I just have a lot of thoughts and feelings about Captain Sandy and her management style, and Hannah and her emotional trauma mm-hmm. that I'd like to explore with either her or her therapist, because I do have some questions and thoughts. Yeah. And I think mostly what I decided is that Captain Sandy did the right thing, and I think her actions would have been viewed differently in this exact scenario if it had not been for Kiko. Yes. Yes. Kiko was wrongly fired. I think it's in, for Captain Sandy, it's a little bit of like a broken clock situation. Mm-hmm. Like, if you fire everybody on your boat, eventually you're going to fire the right person. Yeah. For the right reason. Yeah. But in the meantime, you're going to fire a lot of other people first. Mm-hmm. Mainly my so. realization this season has been that actually Below Deck OG is better than Med. <laughs> I'm, like, so excited to get into OG now. hmm I do think this season is, like, painfully overproduced. Yes. Yes. And that is, it's frustrating, because that consistently has been the thing that we have liked about watching Below Deck, is that, like, the producers talk openly about how they try not to intervene or, like, try not to steer the ship, if you will. Yeah. Um, But I don't know if it was editing choices or what, but it is, like, brutal this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. The biggest thing that feels really transparent to me is the relationship between Rob and Jess. Mm. Like, they're talking heads. Maybe they are just that corny in real life. I kind of think they are. I get the sense that they're not the brightest light bulb. That is true. That is for sure true. But I feel like because of that, the producers are able to sort of lead them yeah. into it. Yeah. Into a way that's just like a little too tidy and a little too aggressive. I just find that normally at this point in the season, there's at least like one or two people on the crew that I root for. Yeah. And there's no one on this crew that I enjoy. No one. Well, some of that, I think, is just because there's so much chaos in the ranks. Yeah. Like, at no point ha- did they ever really form any kind of team dynamic, mm-hmm. positive or negative. It's just been chaos. And then there's all the awkward stuff with, like, the guy who they wrote out of the deck crew, which is totally fair, but I think that's made it also a difficult edit. I I don't totally understand. I have a lot of questions about this because, like, he said that he was going to start behaving better. So did the camera crew just, like, stop recording him? Like, there's no way he stopped just, like... No, it's because he posted, like, a lot of racist things. Oh. So they went back and retroactively edited him out. Oh. Okay. I knew that it happened. I did not think about the fact that that would affect... I assumed that the production was too far gone in post. Mm -mm. I gotcha. Oh, that's an interesting... I wonder if they had to put in, like, more Rob and Jess to, like, make up the difference. Probably. Because they probably had to cut out a lot of Pete. Yeah. Because that happened, like, not long before the season started. Right. I think they went back and fixed it. Which, good on them. Like, that's pretty impressive, but... Yikes. Yikes. 
I mean, I'm just so offended by Kiko being fired for literally no reason. No, it makes absolutely no sense. No. It was absolutely absurd. I just have a lot of, like, I would like to sit down and and just do, like, an intensive case study (laughs) on Sandy and management practices. See, after watching all of Captain Lee's management experiences, like, he's got his act together so much better than she does, it seems Mm -hmm. like. And he's, like, a little bit more hands-off, which I can appreciate as someone who also likes to be managed in a hands-off way. (laughs) But, like, she's a mess. She's a mess. She's a mess. She's just, like, she's reactionary in, like, a really weird way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, I do, I have wondered how much of that is um, <clears throat> sort of her reacting to being on television now. Yeah. Like, she had, she started off last season with this story about how she, like, got jerked around by her crew. Yeah. And had to be, like, more of a hard ass now. Then she had drama last season, too, and so I, I almost wonder if, like, if she wasn't on TV, if she would make better choices. Yeah. But now that there's, like, a recorded video log of all of her actions and choices like that mm-hmm. creates different pressures. It's possible. I also keep thinking about that article that came out, uh, and I don't remember where it was, but it was someone who, like, went on set and did this whole article about how they make Below Deck for this season. And oh, yeah, in yeah, it, yeah. they were talking about, like, how the producers would know, like, that they could actually take the boat off of the dock because of like the weather like it had been fine but she was saying no don't do it don't do it and they were saying like that's her personality is like to be more cautious than necessary it seems like and that seems fair (laughs) based on this depiction i think that's true like i i can't remember when i said this but there was something that happened in the season and i texted you and i was like oh sandy overthought it Mm -hmm. and goofed the whole damn thing yep and I think that's just, like, 90% of her management style. Yeah. So. So, anyway, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about Below Deck, so hit us up at Hate Watch with us on Twitter if you'd like to discuss this more. Yeah. Also, Hannah has a podcast now, and I need to explore that whole thing. Do you? I got deep into Below Deck fandom one night. You did. I was worried for you. <laughs> I, it only lasted, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. But there is... A lot there, should somebody choose to dive in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like the Outlander fandom. Like, you don't want to get too close, or else they start giving you one-star reviews because you said Sam Hewen wasn't attractive <laughs> in a shirt that was too large for him, or too small, too small for him, whatever small, it was. Way too small. Doesn't it was matter. way too small. And they put him in a very small cubicle. <laughs> it was like a small shirt and a skinny tie and a very small cubicle in a small office. And so he looked comically large. But that's fine. We get a one star for that. <laughs> like, you want to blame us for one shitty indie movie? <laughs> it was bad. It was a bad it's movie. So mean. Clearly, that's our fault for pointing out that this movie that Sam Ewan tried to boycott on Twitter. Yep. Or Instagram or whatever. Yep. Um,. I do love that we've built this narrative that that's what happened to us when probably there was just some person out there who was like, oh, the show's dumb. I gave us a one-star review and it had nothing to do with anything. I disagree. I think all the stars align to that one episode. <laughs> and it was three uh, people, minimum three. 
Fair enough. So. There's a hit out against anybody who speaks against the largeness of Sam Hewen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So what did we, we, what did we come here to talk about tonight besides all of this? We came here to talk about high-end finishes and the wild choices that HGTV makes when they get a hold of a single high-end finish and have to hold on to it for dear fucking life. Or in this case, two high-end finishes. Maybe one high and one low. <laughs> well, the the one high-end finish is the brand. Sure. Which fell apart into two brands, and HGTV had to make that work for themselves. Yeah. So... What we're here to talk about, obviously, is Christina on the Coast and Flipping 101, the sad remnants of the marriage that Flipper Flop made. I watched a different Tarek show. Tarek has two shows. No, he does not. He does. What did you watch? The Flip Side with Tarek. What the fuck is the flip side? Excuse my language. (laughs) It was on Xfinity. I just assumed that was the right one. Okay, hold on. Tarek's um, flip so, side? What the hell Tarek's is that? Tarek's flip side, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, I had them on the DVR for you, Kirstie. I was on the DVR. I didn't record Tarek's flip side. Well, I watched it on Xfinity, so blame Comcast. Anyway, it I don't It was a behind-the-scenes that... show about Flip or Flop? No, because this was post-divorce. I'm alarmed. Okay, we'll get there. Anyway, I think I think that'll be informative, actually. I think that's a net benefit somehow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Anyway. Who knew? I feel like that's when you discover that there's, like, a swimming pool underneath the lawn when you're trying to build an outdoor kitchen. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Took me a while, but yep, you're right. That's what happened just now. Wow. Yeah, so both of these shows basically just supported the narrative that I've had since the beginning that Tarek and Christina were created by algorithm for HGTV. Yes. Yes. And they've continued to have the same personalities, (laughs) except both a little bit more spiteful. Yes. And it's clear that they both basically signed up to do these shows to piss off the other one. Mm-hmm. So, Christina on the Coast, I think, has existed for longer somehow. I want to say it's on three or four seasons now. Yeah. And I think she had, like, a pretty rapid turnaround from divorce to solo production. To marriage. To remarriage to babies. Yeah. Yeah. So, the pilot of the show <laughs> is a combination of... Her own house hunt mm-hmm. and surprise wedding, mm-hmm. and it's completely different than the whole rest of the show. <laughs> in that the rest of the show has some sort of a format where she's doing renos for other people. Yes, but yeah, she like mostly does interior design. Yeah, henceforth, right? Yeah, and she'll be like, take out that wall in the kitchen, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it seems to be, like, trying to walk a line between being a, like, lifestyle blog as a TV Mm -hmm. show and being a renovation show and doing a shitty job of both. So this is a thing that is really interesting to me because 
right around the time that I stopped watching HGTV, like, on television on a regular basis, eh, no, maybe slightly before that. So, you know, the the chick, I can't remember any of her show names now, but she has, like, a million. Um, but she lives in, like, the Chicago area or Detroit area, maybe, and, like, renovates old houses and does, like, vintage-inspired Yeah, she's, like, mostly them. been phased out, but yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So right around the time that she hit the network, they were trying to do this. They had like four other shows that aired at the same time. And one of them was like a couple who was going through a messy divorce and it was very lifestyle-y. Mm-hmm. And another one was like some chick. I can't remember her deal. And it was lifestyle And then that chick, the house renovation one. Yeah. They've done various iterations of lifestyle shows with her. Mm. And it's like, there's somebody at HGTV who just keeps thinking like, okay, people like the hosts of these shows, which means that what they want is like the reality show version of the hosts. Which so no they one make- wants. No one has ever, like, these are people whose entire television presence is walking into the room of an empty house and telling you what kind of floor they're going to put in there. Right. Why would I need to know anything about that person? I know enough just by knowing that they only ever use white tile in the shower. Yeah, like, all you need is the, like, very low-level rapport of, like, the two hosts. And you yes. know, like, there's the mom and the daughter who do them together. And then there's, like, the sisters yeah. who, re- like, that's all I need to know. That's plenty. I don't want to know about their ex-husbands who are their contractors no. and... I don't, like, I just don't care. I don't care about any of their shit. And so the fact that we are now in the year of our Lord 2020 and HGTV still thinks that of that I care about the lives of any of their hosts, but that I also care about the life of Christina Almusa. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the curse of Chip and Joanna Gaines, one of many yes. curses that they set upon yes. the United States of America. Yes. <laughs> this conviction that we all want cute married couples to renovate houses and that all of them are compelling. And that we all need shiplap and little signs that say home. No. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, Christina is even less of a brand somehow. She could not be more, like, nothing if she tried. Kirstie, you follow her on Instagram, and it's some of my favorite things when you serve as gatekeeper and send me her content. <laughs> and do you know how many times I've had the thought, like, I should really unfollow her because I don't care about anything she's ever posted? Mm-hmm. And I just, like, I mean, I guess good on her because she's apparently built a business out of, like, keeping people interested in her without having to have any personality at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, her Instagram is so boring. Mm-hmm. And she is so boring. Extremely. Like, her talking head testimonials were painful. It was like like watching someone trying to extract a single human experience <laughs> yes. out of subway tile. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's, that's a beautiful metaphor. Is that a metaphor? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. That's it, really something. It's something. Yeah, like, what I certainly didn't need, like, I don't need her to come in and renovate a space. It's possible, if I'm going to be generous, she's good at coming up with a pretty blank-slated 
flip home style, if you want to call it that, with some high-end finishes. This is generous. <laughs> yeah, it is generous. I I was going to contest it until you got to the second half of the sentence. And yes, she does... She can build a house that is... Or renovate a house to be nothing in particular. Yeah. But trick people into thinking it looks nice. Right. Because it is clean and white. Right. But, like, what I don't need is to see her personal home buying experience. No. The other thing is, as you said, it was her personal home buying. It was the pilot of the show, so they're trying to introduce us to the concept of the show and her new life as a single woman. Yeah. And it was them preparing for her surprise wedding. And it was, what, 22 minutes? Mm-hmm. I mean... The pace, like HGTV, the that they asked those editors to do HGTV. I would like to introduce you to the concept of a standalone TV special followed by yep. the pilot of a show. Yep, <laughs> and they can be two different things. Yep, in one scheduling block. Mm-hmm. Yep, because and that this tells me nothing about up. the show. No, it was literally like a scene. Of her sitting on a couch with her boyfriend being like, oh, I'm divorced and I need to buy a house. Yep. And then they go to, like, half of a house and have an argument about whether they want to live on the water or inland. Yeah. And they play that up as if that is a meaningful debate, but they also spend approximately 45 seconds on the whole thing. And then it's like they're standing in a house and they start drawing up blueprints. And the next thing you know, it's construction time. No, they didn't construct a house from scratch. No, they renovated. Yes. They bought a house Um, that had, like, mold and had, like, needed $100,000 worth of work. Oh, I missed all of that part. I thought she just didn't like the kitchen layout and redid it. She didn't like... (laughs) First of all, she pointed to the fridge that was definitely oversized and she called it tiny, which was (laughs) a personal offense. Something. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it needed, like, it had mold. It had all these, like, structural problems. And she was like, but I really want it. And then the next thing you know, they bought it. I missed all of that entirely. I knew right before a commercial break, there was a point where she was, like, she, like, flopped herself on the couch of her, like, executive rental and was like, like as if it was this like dramatic thing and i couldn't tell what the tension was supposed to be but it was clear that because they like made it look like she was gonna cry and then they cut to commercial and i was like i don't know everybody knows that cyborgs don't cry no 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 but yeah um and then halfway through construction time she goes out to lunch with her friend and just like hands her friend her phone and her friend's like oh my god, are you engaged? And then it's like, oh, we're also planning a wedding. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, can you put it together in two weeks? Yeah. And her friend's like, yes. And then they suddenly have all these talking heads of both of them together being like, I'm her best friend. Yep. We're definitely friends. Yeah, lots of that. I've been very involved in this entire project. That's why you didn't see me until right now. <laughs> right. And then they basically have all these people for their housewarming and then surprise it's a wedding yeah they invite everybody to this black tie housewarming party right and they do all these talking heads with the guests where they're like 
I put on my suit and came to the house and I was like, oh, this is a very fancy party. And then I saw Christina walk down the aisle and was like, oh, is this a wedding? Also, like, she tried to play it off like it was this quaint backyard wedding and it was so not quaint. No. No, there were like four distinct cocktail areas. Yeah. Yeah. She had, like, a whole chapel in one of the seven tiers of her yard that looks like the weird wedding chapel Kelsey has on her Animal Crossing island. <laughs> June was a weird month on Animal Crossing, guys. <laughs> you had to go take pictures of these people reenacting their wedding every day. It was, like, not... Sure, sure, sure. It was, it was weird. You got a well, lot of money happening. for that stuff, though. Yeah. And you still have a weird wedding chapel on your island. Yeah, well, they made it seem like that was something we were supposed to build, so we did. <laughs> and then it's never been used. And there it sits. There it sits, but it got us to our five-star ratings, so. Well, there you go. Here we are. Um, so then they have, like, the wedding special, and she tries to play it off like it was this very sweet wedding and not like she just did it to sell the rights to people. Because the other thing yeah. about it is this all was happening at around the time that she did the People magazine special, announced it on Instagram, and then the show aired. Yeah. So it's like, sweetie, that's awful tidy. Yeah, a lot was happening. Also, there was, like, not that there had to be, but there was no involvement of her children being, like, we're getting married, or you're at the wedding, yeah. or we're buying a house. Like, nothing. <laughs> nothing. And with the whole premise being, like, a lifestyle show about, like, how can she juggle being a working mom and being a influencer, whatever. Like, that was weird to me. There was a scene, like, very early on. It was... Like, it started off as a scene, and then there was um, a transition where Aunt, her boyfriend, kept talking, but it cut to, like, houses, uh, where he said something about how whatever house they get had to have bedrooms for his kids. Yeah. And she goes, oh, of course. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, sure, sure, sure. Sure. Because she's constantly posting on Instagram about how they're a blended family. Mm -hmm. Whatever that means. Yeah. So, anyway. She's, she's a whole lot. It's something. Yeah. And I've seen the... I saw a second episode that was, like, more of the regular show, because I wanted to see what that was like. And it's literally yeah. the same thing as when she was renoing kitchens for Flipper Flop. Like, there's nothing sure. different about it. That's sort of what I figured, because she's a girl who can only do Correct. one. Like, I walk into a house, and I put in white tile and crystal chandeliers, and I leave, and that is my job. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, should we move on to Twerk? Let's talk about Twerk. So, his show, like, where Christina's was petty, his was, like, straight up resentful, and he did not want to be there at all. And so I don't know how it was in your show that you watched, but... My show was even fucking weirder. Yeah, I can't even imagine. So the episode that I watched was just the pilot, and he's like... I can't remember what what the setup was, but he was, like, doing something in his house and found a photo album. So he was like, I found all these childhood photos, so I had to call my sister. (laughs) So his sister, like, comes (laughs) over... (laughs) <laughs> and, they, and she's like even more cyborgy 
if you can imagine. And they, like, sit there and look at photos mm-hmm. together. And he's like, this is my grandfather. My parents taught me to work hard. Their attitude was that you have to work really hard, and I credit them for how hard I work now. <laughs> That's him crying. Oh my God. He cried oh my multiple God. times. <laughs> and, then, and then they get to the part where he had cancer, and they have to talk about how a viewer on Flip or Flop diagnosed him with cancer, and then he had all the cancer, and everyone has to cry about him having cancer. Yep. And then he gets to the end of cancer and he finds a picture of himself where he's really skinny. So then he like cries about having body issues or something. It wasn't 100% clear what was happening. But then he like apologizes to his sister. And they have this whole like therapy session where he's like, I've just been wanting to express myself for years. I'm so glad we took this time to do this together because I've been wanting to apologize. This has been a great opportunity for us to talk and spend some time together. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And and then it, it kept going from there. Like there were, they talk about the divorce and how that was a hard time for him and then he has this whole segment about how now he's a single dad and it's the most rewarding experience of my entire (laughs) life i had to learn how to feed children and do hair and change diapers and now i it is my most rewarding thing being a single father and he's i mean he's i don't know his life but it's definitely not that my favorite thing about him he only talks in one way which is like his oh, his voiceover mode and so even yes. when he's talking to you yes. it sounds like he's doing his voiceover voice yes and so this was like that except also <laughs> while he's crying about what are supposedly like the darkest moments of his life to his I sister this one. <laughs> i think you should it's only like 15 minutes like it was so short that it ended and i was like What's, wow. What is this, even? But there's, I mean, there's many episodes. There was, like, wow. an entire season. And each one has, like, a different theme. And from what I can tell, it's just, like, him sitting with someone talking about himself. That's so much more... And again, it's, like, HGTV. No. Who out there told you that they wanted to get to know Tarek wow. on this personal level? <laughs> I could have gone the rest of my life without seeing Tarek cry. It's too much. (laughs) Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, so that's not what I watched, but... No. I know. I'm kind of glad that that happened. So flipping 101 is... I think on now, so maybe this was like they failed at Tarek's free time and so they relaunched him. <laughs> <laughs> Tarek's free time. <laughs> so in this one, he basically gets to scold people who are trying to do a flip about the choices that they make during the renovation under the pretense of like teaching okay. them how to be a good flipper. Okay. Can I just say, though, that he makes bad choices in houses. 
every single episode of Flip or Flop from start to finish was me being mm-hmm. like, what the fuck are you doing? How is this mm-hmm. going to make money? What are What is happening? Yeah. So I've seen a couple episodes of this and all he does is he goes in and he goes, why did you put that tile in? You could have put in something cheaper. Why didn't you, why didn't you take this wall down? You should have sure. taken this wall down. Why are you doing this now? You should have done this months ago. And so all he does is come in and like yell at people. Which is like. I mean, that personally sounds yeah. like a great model for a show. And he, so he's basically like fake guiding them through the process but he wants nothing to do with it. And so, like, sometimes they'll call him and they'll be like, what should we do about this problem? And he's like, well, I would do this. But, you know, you do what you want. It's your reno. And then <laughs> when they don't do what he says, he yells at them. And that's basically it. And then they finish it. And then oh he God. brings his mobile office over, which is like a creepy van that they've put recliners into. And then they sit in front of the house in the van while they do an open house with hired actors who go around and point out the things that they want you to point out and say like, ooh, but that tile looks so nice. And he's like, see, I told you to use that tile. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) It's like the worst possible version of like all the other house shows that HGTV has tried. It's like, what if we did Love It or List It, but also Design on a Dime, but also It's Tarek. And in the first episode, they do this, like, setup where he's driving his kids somewhere, and the girl, the little demon girl, sorry, that's made me mean, um, (laughs) she Mm -hmm. goes, she just seems like that kid that you'd be like, can you just not... I, I suspect that all of their children are challenging in their own special way. Correct. But in fairness to so. them, look at their parents. No, that's fair. I don't think it's um, the kids' fault. So anyway, fault, she's in the I'm back saying. and she goes, "Daddy, what are you doing today?" And he's like, "Well, honey, I'm, I'm not going to go to the office today. It's not a normal day. I'm going to do something different." And I'm like, "Well, what is your normal? What does the office mean? Like, what are you doing, Tarek?" <laughs> Yeah, like, what's a normal day for, like, a faux television star, sort of, fake contractor who's worth $4 million? Where is the office that you're telling her you're going to on a normal basis? Like, is it the bar? Is it your basement? I don't know. (laughs) It could be his van. (laughs) Apparently it's his van. Yikes. It's just his van. Yeah, so it's... I think if I had to choose one to watch, I think I would pick Christina on the coast and that's saying a lot (laughs) yeah there was this whole thing in the other (laughs) in the like the Tarek special time show where he (laughs) was talking about how important it is to work hard and how he's had a lot of different interests because they were looking at the photo albums and all of his different hobbies. And he was talking about how he's tried so many things. And he's like, it's important to try a lot of new things because that's what makes you 
successful because you learn new skills in everything you do, and you can only be successful if you have a lot of interest and have had a lot of chances to try new things. And I was like, that's a really interesting way to rationalize mm-hmm. the fact that, like, you burn out of everything Including you your do marriage? in, what? like, three years. <laughs> Oops. Y- yikes. Including your marriage. Oops. Oops. There's also an interesting part where he tries to pretend that, like, the domestic violence that caused him to end his marriage or get Mm. divorced um, was because of the cancer. And that was an interesting PR spin that a publicist somewhere maybe maybe should have floated by a senior publicist first. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yikes, yikes, yikes. Yeah. It sounds like there needs to be a flipping 101 equivalent of showrunners yeah. to come into Tarek's flip side <laughs> and help him with his self rehabilitation because <laughs> that's that's one flip that flopped. I think we got to leave it on that note. Sold over asking. <laughs> on to the next house oh no well yeah so if you're watching HGTV proceed with caution when the El Musa clan is involved just a lot going on there I also just want to say that Christina still wears foundation colored lip gloss as if it's 2002 and I just don't know how we can help her anymore I don't know either I don't know. She's just a lot. I don't know what to do for her. Yeah. Yikes. Um, an aggressive amount, yes. Yeah, well, tell us um, which El Musa you <laughs> would pick to be your delegate in the Hunger Games that is 2020 on HGTV. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a while. I keep getting that face. With my outros. <laughs> some int- then you do the outros. <laughs> You're making some interesting choices. <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's like when you choose a black herringbone for your shower time. <laughs> it's the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> the universe was telling me to say that. <laughs> I don't want a black tiled shower, but that's where we're at. <laughs> anyway, you. <laughs> that's what our podcast house looks like. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. That's just how podcast houses are. Anyway, you were about to tell them where they could put their thoughts about the various hosts of these shows. Yes. Put your thoughts into a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or you can just tweet us at HateWatchWithUs, or you can email us at HateWatchWithUs at gmail.com, or you can visit our website and click the contact button or whatever it says that indicates contacting us um, on HateWatchWithUs.com. In your five-star review, you should leave a, like, real estate listing-style description of what you think our podcast house looks like. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. 
If you leave one, we'll read it in, in its entirety on our next episode. Yes. That would be a fun exercise. If you don't, maybe we'll write our own. Yeah, let, we, let's work that in somehow, because real estate listings are fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we are also members of the Thought Bubble Audio Network, which is a network of podcasts about all kinds of stuff. And you can find them over at ThoughtBubbleFM on Twitter or ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. And they also are on Patreon, which is the foundation that our podcast house <laughs> sits on because it's what pays for, like, websites and shit. Yeah. So go donate there so that our podcast house can be structurally sound. So we don't need to get Tarek in here to help us with our reno. Something, something. Something. Houses. Something topical. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for putting up with us yet again. (laughs) On to the next podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Bye! Bye!